Breaking down Wisconsin basketball. This is The Swing with Zach Heilprin and Jesse Temple on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Yes, welcome into The Swing. Zach Heilprin, he's Jesse Temple. Well, uh, the week didn't go well for Wisconsin. It uh, started off badly with the uh, game against Northwestern getting postponed two days. Supposed to play Saturday, didn't get to play until Monday. They didn't go down to Evanston until Monday, which usually they travel the day before. And then after losing to Northwestern late in another close game, they were forced to get on a plane, fly out to Maryland, and play their second game in 48 hours last night. Another loss to Maryland. This one, not so close. Um, and now they get to come home and play Saturday against Illinois. This week has not started out great for them. They've done it without Max Klesman. Uh, after getting Tyler Wall back, they, they lose Max Glesman for two games. Uh, they have now lost five of their last six. Uh, they are under 500 in Big Ten play this deep into a season for the first time since that 2017-18 season when they missed the tournament. And uh, I think they finished 7-11. and And uh, they beat, I think they beat Maryland in the Big Ten tournament and lost to Michigan State, and the season was done. Uh, just the third time this deep into a season, Jesse, in the Ryan Guard era that they've been under 500 in Big Ten play. Um, the other time being 08, 09. That was the year that they lost, uh, I believe it was six straight at one point. So not great. It speaks to the remarkable consistency the program has had that the number is so small, but this is about as bad of a stretch as you, as you could possibly envision for Wisconsin. Losing five of six games. And I am still struggling to wrap my head around the idea that Wisconsin three weeks ago was a top 10 team days. or so. You counted. Uh, what, how, how high up did they get in the rankings? They got to 14. 14. And yeah, they were 14 heading into Illinois, which was January 7th. And now there is serious doubt about whether this team will be an NCAA tournament team. That's how quickly they've fallen. You look at the, the NCAA net rankings and they've dropped into the 70s. And obviously, that's not the end all be all, but I think they're two and five against quad one teams and they're going to have plenty more opportunities. But just a rough stretch, and it certainly is worth mentioning that, as you said, no Tyler Wall for three of those, no Max Klesman for two. That's five losses, and and I, I would like to think that Wisconsin's record would be a little bit different if they had a, a full complement of players, but that's not how it works. And right now they are they are reeling. I mean, to me, that was a Northwestern game. They certainly should have won. They were there with Maryland and then just sort of fell apart after a 12-0 run. And the, the crazy thing about that game is that Wisconsin scores 14 points in the first five minutes, 15 seconds, and then 14 points the rest of the half. Um, maybe that was the high watermark for offensive performance we'll see from Wisconsin. I don't know. They've got some time to fix it. But sitting here at 12-7 and seven overall and 4-5 and five in Big Ten play at this stretch, you're starting to wonder, what does this team have, have in it? And then – Really, that's where I'm at right now is what are the Badgers made of? Because they've got an opportunity, but they, something has to change. I will. Uh, I don't want to do this because it's having to do this from a thousand miles away without getting to talk to guys afterwards. But do, did they? Did, was it? Were they tired last night? Did they? Do you think the effort was always there because they got manhandled in the paint? Um, they got outscored thirty-eight to twenty-two. A lot of that, obviously, on dribble penetration, but you know, just it didn't feel like a Wisconsin defensive effort. I mean, Maryland shot fifty-six percent. 
That's the best against Wisconsin by any team tied, uh, tied, I should say, by any team since Ohio State shot 66% against them in 2017. December 2017, they beat Wisconsin 83-55. The game was at the Kohl Center. A lot of people probably don't remember it because it happened on the same day as the Big Ten championship game um, down in Indianapolis where Wisconsin came up 43 yards short of the playoff. I don't mean to you know pile on here. That's uh, That was a rough day. But last night, 56%. And it's not like they shot lights out from three. It was a lot of stuff around the basket. They were, I believe, 13 for 18 on layups, and they had three dunks. I think it's reasonable to wonder about the fatigue factor um, simply because – it was such an unusual week. I mean, it's pretty rare, first of all, to have two road games in the span of two days, but you don't even get to go home after the first one. And then so those were circumstances beyond Wisconsin's control. Maryland generally plays well at home. And Wisconsin started out so great is the thing. Um, yeah. And then, it, and then it just ground to a halt. And I go back to when you lose a starter, especially the way Wisconsin's roster is constructed this season, it just changes the math for everyone around you. Um, it forces other guys to step into bigger roles. It forces your starters to play more minutes. And that's not always a bad thing, but it's just been inconsistent. So I'm not going to question the effort. I, I don't think I'd ever, honestly, I don't think I'd ever question the effort of a Wisconsin team, um, the way Greg Gard coaches them, but the execution, certainly, and the lack of consistency. Um, and it's not like, you know, these guys are in college. They're not NBA players, so I wouldn't expect them to go out and drop 20 every night. But Jordan Davis had a great game against Northwestern. I thought he responded extremely well when he was asked to play a lot of minutes. He has 15 points. And then he comes out and he scores three points, and he's one for five from the field against Maryland. And, and Chucky Hepburn was essentially a non-factor. I know he was dealing with foul trouble. And they defended him very well. I certainly give Maryland credit for that. But he only has three points. And in the last two games, Chucky's five for 19 from the field. So when you've got to rely on your starters even more, you got to have all of them firing on all cylinders, or at least most of them. And, and then the other thing is just the bench and, and what you're not getting. Carter Gilmore obviously got them six points a couple close to the basket. But your bench players against Maryland played 49 minutes. They went three for 13 from the field. And just didn't give you very much. So there's a lot of factors. But when you lose one of your starters on a team like this, a glue guy like Max Klesman and obviously Tyler Wall with all the things that he can do at the various stages that these last five of the six losses they've had, it makes it awfully difficult for Wisconsin because there's not a lot of depth. I think Wisconsin has six guys that they can count on when, out, when healthy. And maybe I should throw Carter Gilmore in there, too. I don't know about count on, but he can take some minutes. But they have yes. six guys. And when you take one of those guys out, like you did with Tyler Wall for three games, or you take a guy out like Max Klesman for two games, I guess two and a half because he missed most of the Penn State game as well. I feel like this is kind of what it is. And we talked about this last week. It's not like Wisconsin didn't try and add players from the portal to bolster their depth, but it's hard to get guys to come in and, and play backup roles. Like Chris Vogt was a great addition because he was willing to play his role. There's not a ton of guys that are transferring to then go and sit on the bench and come, you know, and come off the bench, right? There's there's not too many guys like that. So um, that's why the I think the depth here is obviously struggling to go along with guys leaving when you lose three guys, scholarship guys off of last year's team, plus Johnny leaving. There's I mean, that's a that's a pretty significant part of your uh, portion of your team leaving. Not saying that the, those guys played a ton of minutes. Obviously, Lauren Bowman was in and out, um, and Matthew Morris didn't play, and Ben Carlson 
you weren't really ever sure what you're going to get from him on a night to night basis, but it kind of leads to what they have right now. And, and while the coaching staff did as much as they could to get guys, they did not end up getting them. And so you're kind of forced to play in some guys that maybe uh, in most years wouldn't be playing, but going back to Chucky, those, he took, he, he scored three points, right? He only took yeah. three shots, right? He took three shots. It was three less than he's taken this entire year. It was tied for the uh, fewest he's ever taken in his career. One of the other times was the Iowa State game last year where he got hurt in the uh, end of the first half and didn't play. The other one was, I think, the Ohio State game last year. So this was a complete rarity. And I don't, and, and the one time he did take a shot, um, or I should say the one time he did hit a shot was that three-pointer off the inbounds play. He had Connor Asijan just right there for a layup. And I, I don't know if he just wasn't looking or if he just decided three-pointer all the way, but he had him easily. And it was kind of the same. It was not nearly the same easiness of a pass that he had against Northwestern at the same time uh, late in that game uh, where, where Connor was streaking open down the lane. And it was a little bit more difficult of a pass. This one was right in front of him. But I also, uh, you know, we talked about how good they are in close games. Outside of the Northwestern game, these losses on the road, which is uh, they've lost their four, four straight on the road. They haven't really been close. And I know they, the games were close at a time, like Indiana, they were right there for a large stretch of the first half. And then second half, get blown out of the water. Same thing, obviously, with Maryland at the end of the first half and the beginning of the second half. Illinois beats them by 10. So, it, I mean, you have to throw the three-point loss in there in Northwestern, but the average margin of defeat in these games on the road is 12.3. They, I mean, I, they were competitive, at least for the first half, but they just weren't competitive in the second half in, in some of these games. Yeah, the problem is that they, they seem to have these droughts where the other team goes on a massive run, sometimes multiple times in the same game, and it just sinks them like a stone. And to your point about Chucky, we know how valuable he is. We know how much Wisconsin struggles when he's not on the floor. And he, he's got to be, I don't know if it's fair to say he's got to be an elite level point guard every night, but I mean, I sort of do feel that way based on the, the way this roster is constructed and his value to the team. And so if he's having an off night, um, it makes it that much harder for Wisconsin because th they just don't have a lot there. You bring Kamari McGee off the bench and I know he was an all conference player in the horizon league. He's really kind of still struggling, I think, to find his role a bit. And he played nine minutes, missed all four of his shots. Um, I think he had one sent back. Um, but they just need their best players to play their best more consistently. And to, to your point about the roster situation, I totally understand if you're a Badgers fan, why you're frustrated and disappointed with what's going on. And yet at the same time, it's also sort of understandable. Um, I don't know whether early in the season they were playing above their means. I mean, I tend to think they're playing below their means right now. And so it's, it falls somewhere in the middle, but this is just kind of the way it is with the roster that they had. They need their best players to play big basically every night. Um, and that's yeah, we, not necessarily what's happening. We call them the big three for a reason, right? And I know that there's not necessarily the big three, right? With Tyler Wall and Stephen Crowell and Chucky Hepburn coming into the season, those were their guys. And obviously they've gotten a lot from Connor Asijan and, and Max Klesman has been um, important defensively and, Obviously, Jordan Davis has given them uh, a bunch, too. But so that's that's six guys. We, as I mentioned before, those are the guys they can essentially count on. And that's it's not ideal. It's not ideal. You, you, you would love to have some depth. I don't think I'm obviously saying anything that anybody else isn't thinking. But 
the lack of depth is is really hurting them when they lose when they, they lose guys to injury. And we have no idea when Max is going to be back, right? Yeah. Uh, the fact that he didn't even travel to these games would suggest obviously there's there's something more serious than it was we originally thought that night or right after that game uh, against um, Penn State. Um, but yeah, well, I guess we'll get more information on that the next time Greg Gard talks. But it is a uh, it's it's a tough situation. Would you say they're in panic mode right now? No, I don't. I'd be more inclined to say that if you're a fan, you're likely to feel that way. I don't know if the players would feel that. And and part of it is there's still 11 conference games left. There's a lot of basketball left, but I, I would say that this is a team that really needs to find itself um, and, and obviously make some changes or, or be more consistent because I mean, the, the roster is not going to change other than you get Klesman back at some point, presumably, but it happens so fast, I think is the other thing you mentioned 18 days and that's how quickly a season can, can go off the rails for you. And so if they have another stretch like that, we're talking NIT. Uh, I mean, Wisconsin has reached a point as a program where that, that is just, that should not even be in the conversation most years. Um, but right now they're sort of teetering on the edge and, it is a kind of a, a watershed moment and, and maybe it has been for the last week or two as well, but which direction is this season going to go for Wisconsin? They have an opportunity to decide right now, and I'm not sure which way it's going to go, but they're, they are right there on the edge based on their record and their performance. Does Craig guard need to draw a line in the sand? <laughs> he does not need to draw a line <laughs> in the effing sand because that will result in 68 yards of total offense in the second half and losing your job. So <laughs> that's another do, conversation. Whatever, whatever you do, do not draw a line in the sand, Greg Gard. <laughs> um, do not do that. But yeah, I mean, it, you're right. There's a lot of basketball we played. There's a lot of tough basketball games to be played. It's not going to be easy. We, we talked about getting to 10 and 10. I still, I mean, now, right now they have to go what six and five down the stretch here. Yeah. Is it possible? Yes. But their their metrics are probably like even if they go six and five, their metrics aren't going to look good. Um, right? Probably Unless, guess, not. But I think that I guess would be I good enough. Say, I guess I should say they're not going to look. I don't know. It depends on which teams they lose to, which teams they beat. I guess. Um, yeah. Even right? then, I don't know if you could guarantee. I I mean, I think we discussed this before. You if you go ten and ten in the league, based on where they're at right now, that's you know eighteen and and twelve. Um, and I, I don't know if that that's even a magic number. It, would, it, it might be a situation where they've got to do some damage in the Big Ten tournament. We're not there yet, but um, I feel like, and understandably so, it's been a very down, negative episode. If you're looking for a positive, my we God, get Con- there. Connor is we incredible. There. All right. We were, we were going to get there. Chill. <laughs> chill. Chill out a little bit here, all right? We we're, we were going to get there. This uh, We're only about a few minutes into this. We got... We got time to get positive, all right? We have time well, to get positive. Thank goodness for that, because I, I saw yeah. your tweet asking for questions, and it was Michael Scott retreating. Uh, <laughs> so there had to be something good to come out of. I, uh, I try. Yeah, I mean, I, I know it's coming in games like that. We, I, we were texting, and I, you know, I'm like, the pitchforks are going to be out after this one, and uh, to no one's surprise, they were, and that's just obviously what happens uh, in games or situations like Wisconsin's in right now. And I, I will say, I don't think um, what happened in football is helping the situation, right? The way that that whole thing has been turned on its head. I don't think it's helping the basketball team right now. 
I don't know how you feel about yeah. that. I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to compare the two, but I kind of feel what, you know, Chris Backintosh did essentially, you know, I don't, not starting over, but axing what had been successful for a long time yeah. and being like, we're going in a different direction. So many people think that the basketball team should do the same based on losing five or six. Um, so completely ignoring the fact that Chris McIntosh talks about wanting to win championships yes. and Wisconsin has won two of the last three. Yes. Um, I think it's a valid conversation to have because we're doing a show for fans of the program and fans are the ones that ask these questions. And I did a, like a, a live, uh, podcast show for the athletic this week and it was to talk about the football program but i received several questions and have for mailbags as well um wanting to examine the two programs and juxtapose the two off of each other specifically for the reason that you laid out because where wisconsin was as a football program it felt like it wasn't moving forward in the way that people needed to have happen mcintosh makes a change and basketball some people view it the same way that where the football program was at. Now, the big distinction to make, as you said, is that the basketball program has won two regular season conference championships. And that's, that's a really big deal uh, over the course of a 20 game season. You know, it doesn't uh, equate to an NCAA championship, but that's what McIntosh has said. He, he measures success as championships and, and yes, national championships, but also conference championships. I do think that it is tough though. Um, if you are an avid Badgers basketball fan to see the football side and to see the excitement that's been generated in the last two months and wonder, well, where are things headed on the basketball side? This is this just feels like the same, the same team every year. Um, but I guess I would also say, uh, yeah, you've got those two championships that are very recent. Um, not every season is going to, you're not going to have a lottery pick every season. And we've laid out the, some of the roster issues they've had. Wisconsin is in this position on the football side because McIntosh was able to find what I would consider to be the best hire of the college football offseason. And sometimes people are like, oh, I'll just get <laughs> they just throw out a name on the basketball. So I just get Tony Bennett or just get some some guy like. That's not always how it's going to happen on the basketball side. And Greg Gard has done a hell of a lot with this program. It's just that right now they're in a difficult stretch with a roster that's right now not playing good enough. So. I don't know. It's an interesting conversation, though, and it's one that I get a lot of questions about because people are so excited about football. Like the excitement on that side is as high as I've ever seen it. And so people want to feel that way on the basketball side. It's a fine comparison just because of the, the coaches and kind of like the homegrown nature of it and that whole thing. But if Paul Chris had won a Big Ten championship, say he won it in 2019 or he won in 2017. I think it would have been much more difficult for Chris McIntosh to do what he did, right? Like even, yeah. even, even the struggles these last few years, there was proven success in 2017 and 2019. If they had won a big 10 title, I think it'd be much more difficult for him to go ahead and, and pull the trigger like this. So I will never say never to anything ever again in terms of when it comes to Wisconsin and coaching and moving on and all that good stuff. But anybody that's hoping that this is going to be somehow the end of Greg Gardis, you're completely wrong. It's not going to be. It shouldn't be, and it's not going to be, I don't think. I threw that I don't think at the end because you never know. But um, has has your mind changed at all, like just based on what would happen in football, that like anything is possible? Um, or do you, feel I, you still feel the same way about 
about well, when you when you look at coach because you didn't think Greg you didn't think Paul Chris is getting fired after the Illinois game. No one. Oh did. no, certainly not. Certainly people not. wanted um, it to. People wanted it to, and I'm like, the, no, that's never going to happen in the middle of a season. I'm never going to say never anymore. But it, it it's just like these are not comparable situations. Yeah, I don't think they are either. Um, you know, the difference is, and I wrote about it after Wisconsin lost to Illinois that it, I wrote that it was the new rock bottom for the Paul Christ era. And it like, that's not what's going on on the basketball side. You know, it's, it's much different. And obviously there's still a lot of season to play, but I guess I too would never say never because I certainly didn't see that coming. Um, I just think it's kind of an apples to oranges comparison. And uh, again, Wisconsin went, it's easy to forget. Wisconsin just went 15 and five last season in the league last season with a team that was picked to finish tied for 10th. So, um, you know, I think there's a long way to go before that. And how many times have you had the hashtag fire guard things show up on social media? And, and sometimes it's I mean, like the people who are, you hear the most kind of, a tend to be a, the most vocal, but a small, I think, faction of the fan base. Um, we're just we're not there and and we shouldn't be there anytime soon in my mind yeah no i we have to wait until uh og hall puts it up and then obviously maybe you're then there right do you remember that a couple years ago before they went on that run when they won eight straight at the end of the 2020 season uh yeah there was a a fire guard thing at og hall and then after they won the big 10 it was we we're sorry gardo um, <laughs> yeah in sticky notes yeah it's just not a, it's not a good situation right now. And I don't know. I look, they haven't, uh, they haven't been competitive in some of these games. I don't know if Tyler wall being in those three games or max Kleser being the last two, like I think they beat Northwestern. I think uh, they have a good shot against Michigan state. And so maybe they're two and four in the stretch. And uh, instead of, you know, one and five or three and three and three, instead of one and five, but they didn't have them and they don't have them. I mean, you can't go back and do anything if move forward and, and try and figure it out. How do they figure this out, Jess? What what do you think needs to change for them to be able to turn this around? Well, the obvious answer and the <laughs> play better. <laughs> I mean, honestly, because well, let me the lineup's let's... not going to change. It's just not. Yeah. These these yeah. guys are still going to be relied on to play thirty plus minutes, and if you get Klesman back, that changes presumably however many minutes Jordan Davis gets. But then you've got a, essentially a seven person rotation. And Isaac Lindsay maybe gets 10 minutes or something like that. I don't know, five minutes. Do you just have to play better and be more consistent? Um, that I mean, that's a very simple answer, but that's just how I feel. Greg should yell more at him, then the shots might go in. Yeah, yeah. How right. many times love, has he has he said that? Yeah. Yeah, you can't yell, you can't yell at them. And both said the same thing. I can't yep. yell at them to make shots. It doesn't, that's not how it works. Um, you can practice, tell them to practice, and they will. It's the same thing with free throws. I can't yell free throws into the basket. You can yell at them to try and get them to play harder. You can do all that kind of stuff, but you can't yell shots to go in. It's just, it's not going to happen. Uh, this is, this is what I was thinking about. I couldn't, that slipped my mind, but we talked earlier in the year, whether they were a top 15 team at the time they got to 14, right? Um, mm -hmm. what, whether their, their talent and whether what they had done on the floor deserved to be a top 15 team because of how many close games they played. And we talked about how small their margin for error was, right? Is it kind of coming back around? Like the uh, because some of these times they're, they're some of these games that they played early in the year, all the games that they won by single digits or less than ten, could have gone the other way, and now some of these games are going the other way. Yeah, well, I, I think this is what I was alluding to before is that maybe 
you don't have the answers until the end of the season, obviously, but maybe they were playing above their means then and they're below their means now. And it's somewhere in between, but on January 3rd, they beat Minnesota 63 to 60 and Wisconsin was sitting there at 11 and two 14th in the country. Um, I didn't really have any reason to believe that you were going to necessarily see a slide quite like this, but that's because they had been so consistent and their best players had played well. Um, I mean, their only losses were that one point overtime loss to Kansas, which you uh, are convinced never happened or was a victory. And the three point loss to Wake Forest. <laughs> so, it should be on the it should be on their team sheet when the when it uh, <laughs> when it go, when it goes in front of the committee. And they and they did beat Maryland in that stretch, a Maryland team at the time uh, that was, was ranked. So um, at the time, I believe. Yeah. So I don't, I don't know. I mean, and this stuff happens to 30 game season. It is a long, long season and there are ebbs and flows and the big 10 is extremely difficult. Um, The hard part now is trying to predict what's going to happen next. I mean, what, what does this team have in it? Um, I think that there's certainly some manageable games here in this stretch, but it's also going to be quite a challenge uh, because you've still got to go on the road to Minnesota and Michigan and Penn state, which that was no easy task at home. And you've got to play Purdue. I mean, it's, it's a challenge and I am not sure. I'm just not sure what to expect from this group right now. Cause it feels like they're reeling and, and they've got to, got to figure something out. Um, they, It kind of feels desperate, right? It kind of feels desperate at this time to get a win, not desperate, yes. desperate, but like desperate to get a win. And they get an opportunity on Saturday with Illinois coming to town to get that win and, and maybe get back going in the right direction, which is kind of what Illinois needed when Wisconsin visited down there. I think Illinois was either 0-3. I think they were 0-3 in conference play when, when Wisconsin went down there and they got that win and they kind of turned their season around. Um, Indiana was desperate for a win last week. So the Wisconsin's, I mean, it's, it's a, it's a weekend uh, desperate. I mean, I should say it's a desperate weekend for Wisconsin to get that win, you mentioned being picked to finish 10th last year, right? They were, picked, mm-hmm. they were, they were picked to finish ninth this year. Yeah. That's, that's currently where they're at. I know without Max Klesman and Tyler wall, this is a difficult question to ask. Are they just, is this just the ninth best team in the big 10? I don't think so. Um, and this is what's most interesting about the big 10. It's like this in a lot of years, but especially in a year like this, that other than Purdue, it is a complete log jam. So yes, Wisconsin right now is four and five and tied for ninth in the league. And the difference between that and third is one win in, in the, in the victory column. And the Northwestern is now tied for third with Michigan at five and three. And it, it changes every night, obviously, but it doesn't take much to go from ninth to having a shot at a double buy in the conference tournament. And at this point, I don't think that Wisconsin's going to be a top four team. But I certainly think they've got an opportunity to climb and be in the upper half of the of the league. And if you're in the upper half in the end, then, then that should be good enough to be an NCAA tournament team. So I'm, I'm not ready to pro- proclaim them as they're just a bottom half of the Big Ten type of team. They're in a rough stretch right now. We've seen that happen in a lot of years at Wisconsin. This team has more questions than others because of the roster issues. But I think they can dig themselves out of this it's just a matter of a lot of these games and and you can look at Ken Palm and the projections and going to be close games. And how do you figure out a way to win them? And and how do you not wilt when the other team goes on a run? Cause we've seen that a couple of times. You mentioned the Indiana game, Maryland won on the 12 or run that really kind of sunk Wisconsin. So I think they can climb out. I would say they're, they're better than 
the ninth best team in the league when it's all said and done. But is that the difference of their, you know, in a three-way tie for eighth? Or can they can they climb up a little more? It's up to them to to help determine the answer. I appreciate your optimism. That's what about, I'm here for. Well, no, about about being, well, about being, you know, that far away from being third, right? They're also just one win ahead of the 13th place team. Yep. That's how it is in the Big Ten. That's absolutely All right. right. I, I feel like I just, I don't want to be that guy, but I feel like I needed to at least add that in. Um, now, Nebraska also has two more losses than they do, but they're three and seven. They're the third, they're, they're 13th. Ohio State is 12th at three and six. So essentially just one game uh, out of 12th place is Wisconsin. Either way. <laughs> I, uh, I I don't want to be Mr. Negative, so I'm not going to be, but I wanted to at least point that out. It is important um, to be fair and accurate, and those two statements are fair and accurate. <laughs> yes. All right. Um, let's get into some of these uh, Twitter questions. Uh, as, a, as you know, I'm sure you look through them, not a ton of positive, but uh, certainly a ton of responses. Uh, yeah. <laughs> You mentioned this one. Uh, what do you think ticket prices look like for home and IT games? <laughs> well, that's from Bob. <laughs> that might be my favorite question in the bunch. Uh, not there yet. Hopefully, if it does get there, reasonable. Uh, yeah, I, I, it's <laughs> it's uh, it's starting to creep into the conversation. They're just not there yet. Yeah. All right. And. Another, uh, I'm starting out with some fun ones here. Um, Wake the Badgers asks, uh, what are your thoughts on Nathaniel Vakos' Twitter video? Uh, I very much liked it. Booming yeah. kicks. If you, kick. be, if you want to be infatuated and intoxicated with the leg strength of a kicker, uh, now's the time to get on board. Yes. Uh, so like at, in the McLean facility, it's not a 100-yard field. Yeah. but So he was kicking from the W and made it look like it was like a really, really long kick. I think yep. he ended up saying it was like 45. So I was way, trying to figure it out too. Quite honestly, I was like, is he in the other end zone? And I was like, <laughs> no, that that's the angle here is there's something uh, missing. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure the W's at the 40. Yeah. Um, Cause it's only an 80 yard field. So yeah. But either way, uh, that's a, that's a good one. All right. Matt says uh, the roster lacks any sort of higher end talent while simultaneous simultaneously having no depth, the present isn't great. Is there any reason outside of Connor to be excited about the future? Well, the Gus bus is coming. Uh, I mean, Gus bus. <laughs> they've got some good players coming, but you know, college basketball and, and college football as well, but it, it's so impacted by the transfer portal. And so I, you know, you just, you don't know at this point who's going to be in there. You don't know who Wisconsin's going to get. So you know Wisconsin's going to lose. Yes. So I, they will find people. They've got a good class from a recruiting standpoint coming in. Gus Yaldon, I think it's a chance to be very good for them. But um, we also don't know, you know, what's Tyler Wall going to do? I mean, that would change a lot of things for the team. So there's reason for for optimism. Sure. But you need to build quality depth. I mean, everywhere, front court and back court, you need it. But you need them both at this point. I will say, yes, um, you're going to lose guys. That's just what happens in this age. So yep. you're going to have to add guys from the portal. You're going to have to see if any of these three guys, whether it's Yaldon Winter or Blackwell, are ready to play. Nolan feels like a guy that may need some time to put on some weight. Um, but we'll see. And, and I'm interested to see what Gus looks like in college. 
Uh, he's he's been very very good on the AAU circuit and playing against some high level competition and we'll see what it looks like in college and exactly who he is who he is and what he's going to be as a player at this level. We talked with um, with Evan a few weeks back and I feel like the 2024 class is just monster for them. Considering some of the guys in that class that they're after, I think it's just absolutely huge that they land. Obviously, the the top guy in the state in Con Canepo, and then some of these other guys that they're after. If they can get multiple four star guys, it will be obviously a, a huge thing for Greg Garden. And a lot of people are criticizing his recruiting at this point. I don't know how valid it always is, just based on some of the guys that he uh, has been able to bring in to the program, not just in his tenure, but as you know, as an assistant. I mean, Nate Re- and again. Whether you think these guys were good players when they were here or not is irrelevant. I'm talking about their recruiting ranking coming in. Nate Reavers was a four-star guy. Uh, ben Carlson was a four-star guy. I mean, you can go in down the line. A lot of really good players that he brought in, Brad Davison, Chucky Hepburn, all these guys were four-star players coming in, and they're all ranked among Wisconsin's best recruits of all time, top 20 all time. So he he, he is a, a very uh, was a great recruiter as an assistant, and uh, this talent issue right now for him is because of the transfer portal and because of uh, Johnny Davis going pro and those Johnny Davis going pro is not a bad thing right I mean him I mean what he did last year was remarkable and so you want you'll live with that Um, you just have to I guess you just you just have to be better in the portal when when you lose that number of guys and they didn't necessarily um, fill the holes that that walked out the door is that fair to say I think that's extremely well put. And there's a lot of great talent in 2024. That doesn't help you if you're a fan for right now or for next season. No, but that's um, the future, right? The, yes. The question was about yes, the future. Yes. Um, I mean, Daniel Freetag, the, kid, the point guard from Minnesota, is a four-star guy. He's number 10 yep. at his position. So there's a lot out there. But basketball more so than football, um, it, it's I, just the landscape – is so different now because if you lose a couple of guys, it changes everything. Uh, and you've got to be able to replenish that talent immediately. Um, and I know you do have, have to on the football side as well, but you know, it's 85 scholarship guys to, to what do you have 13 on the basketball side, something like that. 15, so 15, I think it is. 15, um, 14 or 15. That's just, yeah, it's, it's unfortunate that Wisconsin is in the spot that it's in, but that's just how it is right now. Uh, Megan says, uh, when Wall was out, most people attributed those three losses to his absence. With Klesman out, it doesn't seem like many people are doing the same. How big of a role do you think Klesman's absence has played in the two recent losses? I think it's a very big role. And I also think the reason that people don't necessarily think about Klesman in the same way is because he doesn't always fill the stat sheet in the way that Tyler does. You're leading scorer, you're all Big Ten type of player, but Klesman is that so-called glue guy who does so many different things well. And as we've laid out, the roster is so depleted in general that you don't have a guy like Klesman who can play 30-plus minutes a game. You're forcing other players into action, and it's really only a seven-person lineup to begin with. So I think it's been very impactful, and maybe Wisconsin beats Northwestern. I I don't think it would have made a difference against Maryland. Maybe it would have, but um, it's been important, absolutely. Uh, whiskey lower says, um, he just doesn't know where to start. Matt LePay just said on the air that this is the Maryland team that started the year eight. No. However, the UW team that took Kansas to overtime has left the season, not going to get off the mat this year. 
question, what pieces are missing that could be found in 23 and 24? Where, where, where do you think, and obviously we'll see what happens uh, with guys moving on and, and the transport and all that, but what are they missing in your mind that they could use uh, that would have helped this team that they could potentially use for next year? Because we know guys will be moving on, but just think about it as the team will be the exact same as next year. Tyler Walls coming back. Where would they need to add? Well, it's depth. Um, obviously, I think you need help in the front court. And we referenced Gus Yaldin. I mean, he's he's six eight, like two forty. Maybe, um, maybe. Yeah. Can you get a big, a, like he's a big body, big but big. can you get a tall, right? Yeah. Some, can you get something a like that. To, can you get a Chris? To, <laughs> yes, to compliment, to compliment Stephen Crowell. Um, and I mean, I don't know if you could get somebody who could come in and challenge for a starting role in the backcourt. I think that'd be tremendous. So that's at least a starting point for Wisconsin because you can never have enough talent. And I think they could stand to upgrade the, the lineup that they currently have um, and shooting. I mean, I can never have enough shooters. So look at, look at what Connor Seijan is a guy who I think certainly flew under the radar in recruiting um, and has far exceeded what expectations were, but why is he doing it? Because he was always an unbelievable shooter and it's translated just quicker than people anticipated. So yeah, all of, all of the above. Okay. All right. Um, I will, I'm going to, I just need a yes or no to this one, Jesse. Yeah. Steve says it is on, is it unreasonable to think regard seat should be very, very warm right now? It is unreasonable. <laughs> uh, yeah. I think we, we already laid that one out to me. Yeah. Um, and You're I don't even think one, I mean, if, even if Wisconsin misses the NCAA tournament, like I, I still not concerned, even though I know people would be in, anguish over having to watch March Madness without the Badgers. Yes. Um, I, I think this, I don't know how many Badger fans are like this, but I, I'm, I'm going to read this one anyways. And, and maybe I don't think the people that are listening to this are like this, but um, David says he's a huge Badger fan, but he hasn't watched either game this week. It's like a two hour dentist appointment. Greg Gar is a good coach, but just can't bring in talent. It's to the point. I hope they lose every game to force change. I miss college basketball. Do you um, think that that is widespread throughout the, throughout the no. fan base, or just is this uh, a selective few that speak up? I don't think that it is uh, widespread. Uh, Wisconsin has played a certain way for a very long time, and I know you could have said this about the football side too, but the basketball side has recent conference championships to prove it, a lot of success to prove it. Um, it's not the most crowd-pleasing, obviously. They, their pace of play every season is among the slowest in the country, but that has allowed them to have a lot of success. They're just struggling uh, in several different ways with, with a, a roster that's causing some issues. So I, I don't think there's many fans who are hoping Wisconsin will lose out. I think what they're hoping is they'll turn it around and there can be something to be proud of and they get to the tournament and, and, and allow you to have some fun. So, uh, no, I'm can't speak for all fans, but that's gotta be a strong minority there. Yeah. Okay. That's what I thought. I just wanted to get your opinion on it. Uh, Kberg says, uh, what are some, he wants to be positive. He wants to be uh, a positive person. Okay. He's mentioned You've waited great. For this one. Yeah. What are some steps the team can take to swing the momentum back towards the positive side? Obviously getting max back will help, but are there other things they can do? Well, I would say let Connor season shoot the ball 40 times a game. Um, uh, I, I mean, I, I don't know. Play better. 
get the ball inside, get some easy looks, gain some confidence that way. Um, I, I don't know if I have the, the answer you're looking for right now on, on how to make things more positive other than play better and get some wins. Alex says, uh, what's going on with Wisconsin's defense lately? Allowing this many clean shots at the rim seems atypical for them. Yeah, there's some big dudes in the league that are very good. <laughs> yeah, but that wasn't um, the problem. That wasn't the problem last night. There are a ton of big guys in this league. There's no doubt about that. We saw that with Indiana and, and Trace Jackson Davis and kind of what he was do- did to Stephen Crowell. But I felt like getting into the paint and, and, and finishing wasn't always it was, a lot of it was dribble penetration, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, there's also good guards. I don't know. I don't know that I have got a a good answer for some of these questions. So I'm sorry. <laughs> All right. Um, Kurt says, can we go back to talking football? He's asking for a friend. <laughs> you can, we can go back to talking about football. We're going to do it on the camp. That's, yes. that's the camp. You can listen to that uh, every week. Eric says, does it feel like Chucky Hepburn is just disappearing in these games? Carter Gilmore shooting more than Chucky seems like it may not be the winning formula. <laughs> well, Again, I think they defended Chucky well. He also had some foul trouble, but it can't happen. <laughs> the expectations are high, I think, for what Chucky needs to do to help carry this team along. And you see what happens when he is he's subpar in a game. So, yeah, it can't happen. But it rarely does happen. That's the other thing. Like you said, few shots he's ever taken. I expect him to. I expect him to bounce back. He's very mentally tough. You see the way he his demeanor on the court, it almost never changes. Um, It's just a matter of being a little bit more aggressive. And again, he was coming off a game where he didn't shoot very well against Northwestern. He took 16 shots from the field. Now, some of those were forced late in the game um, in not ideal situations, but I think he's the type of player that I would expect him to respond very well. Todd says, despite his impressive record, why do Badger fans not like Greg Gard? Well, I don't think all feel that way. I think it's like that idea of the vocal minority. And I think it's just maybe more so about the style of play and the product on the court. Because I think anybody who would talk to Greg, and if you have talked to Greg, I mean, (laughs) very good guy to be around, enjoyable to talk to, gives you good answers. Like, I think it's more about sometimes the product on the court and the way Wisconsin has to win games. Um, but I also don't think Badgers fans feel that way. I, 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 I correct me if I'm if you disagree, but that's my my sense. I think in all these situations, whether it was Paul Christ or Greg Gard or your favorite coach or insert your coach of your team, there is going to be a very vocal. When people are upset, they tend to speak, and when they're not upset, sometimes they don't say anything. And so I yeah. think when when there are people that are upset about what's going on. They will. Uh, I'm not going to call it lash out. They have a right to to be upset, and if they don't, you know, want to watch the product that's on the court, that's completely up to them. Uh, and they can be angry with the style of system and the style of basketball that they play, and can say anything they want. They're more than welcome to do that. Would never tell anybody how to fan. I would just say that you know the last two last three years they won the Big Ten and um, this little down stretch. A lot of these same people were the ones were calling for his head before they won, went on that eight-game stretch at the end of 2020. There's always going to be people that are calling for people's heads. That's just, we live in that society, and they have 
the ability to get that message out now. Like it's always been like that, you know, before social media, we just didn't hear it. You would hear it yeah. in, you would hear it on sports talk radio and you would hear it uh, in like letter to the editor type of stuff in papers and that type of thing. But otherwise you wouldn't hear it. There's a lot easier. We're, we, we get a lot more of it now because of social media, but I think it's always been like this. Ian says, it sounds like uh, Chris McIntosh asked Paul Chris to adjust and they couldn't get on the same page. Do you think he'll have a similar conversation with uh, Greg Gard? Can Greg Gard adjust on recruiting? Man, that's a tough question. Uh, I don't, I can't say definitively because uh, I, I don't know what Chris McIntosh is thinking, but again, this is, this is how Wisconsin has done things for a long time and they've had a ton of success. And I mean, I don't know exactly what the other thing is. I don't know what kind of changes you would be asking them to make. Like he's a great guard is a great identifier and evaluator of talent. Um, and I think they've recruited some very good players. So I don't know exactly what you would say they would have to change. And, and when people say like the people who are in the fire guard crowd and they, they want to bring somebody else in. I mean, I don't, I don't even know what that would look like. And I think we talked about this before, like all of a sudden you've got an up-tempo team, but what if they're not very good defensively and, 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 and Wisconsin is in a worse place, you know, Wisconsin was able to bring in on the football side, like probably the best head coaching hire <laughs> again of the off season. And if you can't do that on the basketball side, like I just think that Greg guard is your long-term coach. And I think that they're still in a good spot. They're just in a, a rut right now. Why wouldn't they be able to do that on the basketball side? Why, I mean, why it's, wouldn't it's, they be able to do what they've done on football in terms of like with Luke like Fickle? You, well, no, you said they made the best hire uh, of the yeah. cycle. Why? And again, I, I think Greg Gard's a fine coach. I think he's a good coach. I'm not saying that they should move on for him at all, but like, I don't know why they wouldn't be able to do go out and hire the best uh, coach in the cycle in basketball if they're able to do it in football. I mean, they're, yeah, they're willing, there's no they're willing, guarantees. They're the they're thing. willing to pay. I mean, they're willing. The biggest thing with like in football, you always had a fallback, right? Like if you go out and try and get all these names, and Luke Fickle obviously was the guy, but if it doesn't happen, you can always fall back. You have Jim Leonard right there, and I'm not saying that there won't be other coaches, you know, that would want to coach at Wisconsin, but you, you don't have that fallback. But that just said, I. They're willing to put the money into football. They're willing to put it. I, I don't understand, you know, why they wouldn't do it in basketball too. That's that yeah. when you say when you say there's no guarantee, you're right. But I, I feel like if you're willing to spend the money there, perhaps you're also willing to spend it in in basketball. Yeah, I I mean I think what we've seen is certainly that they're willing to put the resources in to try and win those championships. But uh, I, I don't know. I feel like we're circling the drain here on a lot of these same topics. Yes. The point is Greg's not going anywhere. At least I certainly don't envision it. He it's, it's not an apples to apples comparison with, with football. They're coming off a 15 win conference championship season. They are just roster depleted and, and not playing good basketball right now. And in 18 more days, maybe they'll be on a win streak and they'll be back in the top half of the league. And, and there'll be a totally different conversation. And, uh, I mean, that look, that's how it is in both sports. Every game that changes the narrative. Well, I look forward to uh, 18 days from now when we talk and um, I wouldn't hate have something uh, positive to talk about for the <laughs> for an entire show. Uh, I don't like doing negative shows, um, but it's kind of where we're at right now. So um, either way, Wisconsin gets Illinois at home on Saturday. Then they get 
Northwest. And then they go on the road to face Ohio State on Thursday. We'll be back to talk about both those games next week. Uh, Jesse, thank you very much. Thank you, Zach. All right, there he is. Jesse Temple from The Athletic. You've been listening to The Swing.